Hey guys, welcome to or welcome back to Books, Booze, and Banter. I'm Shalina. And I'm Chelsea. What up, y'all? Hey, hey. Happy Halloween, bitches. Happy Halloween. It's getting close to Halloween. It's spooky time. So obviously we're recording this ahead of time, but... We're in the time machine. If you're listening to this the day we release it... It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. If you celebrate, or happy fall festival, or... Happy, Sam Hain. We did not see any pictures of your Barbie costume, WTF. Oh, because I haven't worn it yet. I thought you were wearing it last weekend. No, we're going out this weekend. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was waiting for it. and then Tomorrow. I'll, okay. And then I realized like earlier this week, I'm like, that bitch didn't post any pictures of her Barbie costume. <laughs> it's too early. Well, well, we had a <laughs> Halloween party last weekend for our neighbors and we went as... Dan hasn't even seen Mean Girls, but we went as Regina George and Damien. I loved it. Because it was just easy. I and, saw that picture and I loved it. And we were kind of out of ideas. But yeah. uh, some other couples were there, so I got some inspo for next year. Because nice. we were going to go to a party this weekend, but um, they ended up getting canceled, which is fine with me because I'm excited to do nothing. Yeah, the party we're supposed to go to is kind of up in the air because the main host like had an accident. He's okay, but um, RIP to the host. Broken bones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we're just planning right now to go eat dinner and then go to Fassler. This sounds fun. We kind of ended up going to Fassler the last couple of Halloween. I haven't anyway. been to Fassler in forever, and I love Fassler. Yeah. We went after the Festival of Darkness last week. Fun. That's fun. Anyway. So yeah, so I'm gonna be Barbie at wherever we decide to go eat and Fassler for sure. Going for Halloween, <laughs> but yeah, send us pictures of your Halloween costume, especially if they're book inspired. Oh yeah, because I've seen someone like some of the Facebook groups I'm in of like people with like their book costumes. Yeah, and being like, oh, I'm Thera, and oh, and this is Rizand, and I'm like, um, okay, that's not a picture of Rizand, <laughs> but if you say so. <laughs> I know. I'm such. I feel like I'm an asshole. I have such I see, high expectations. Like, <laughs> whenever I see certain fan art or whatever, and oh, I, know. I know we've sent each other yeah, stuff we, back yeah, and we've forth, seen each and we're other like, fan this art is not right. Send us your fan art of what you think Razan should look like. like. They're not tan enough. They're not buff. Enough. They're not tan enough. They're not buff enough. Their hair isn't long enough. You know who I do feel is really consistent is Cassian. Yeah. I feel like all the fan art I've seen of him is very pretty, consistent. Pretty far for the course. Yeah. Which is interesting. But anyways, we're not here to talk about action. Uh, this is obviously <laughs> just another episode. A, a delayed second, or I guess a sixth episode. Yeah. How many episodes did we do? No, that? we did three. We, we did, did three. three. Okay, just kidding. I was thinking um, five books. Okay. Anyway, no, today we are doing our last spooky book of spooky season and releasing ooh. on Halloween. You're welcome. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so for our drink, we are doing a blue moon on the rocks. Blue moon Straight on the rocks. Straight up. <laughs> I will try not to gag into the microphone. It's going to be fine. My mom's favorite beer is actually blue moon. I remember her drinking these when I was growing up and I tried it and it tastes like piss. And now I'm, I'm almost 30 years old and it still tastes like piss. Let me see. Hold on. I mean. Oh. <laughs> no, thank you. It just doesn't really have flavor. I mean, it like does have flavor. It tastes like piss. No, I don't know. Literally, somebody peed in this cup. When I drink beer, I drink IPAs, so. And no, normally we would not do beer on the rocks, but because of the book we were doing, they did beer on the rocks. Yes. Or the kid did. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's like a 6 out of 10. It's like a 0 out of 10 for me. Because it's an easily okay. drinkable beer. Never mind. But. 
But, well, and that's the thing is I don't hate every beer, so to speak. I mean, I guess out of all the beers, this would be a little further on the list. I'm just yeah. not a big beer drinker, but I like like a I like a Guinness. Yeah. And there was Yeah, I don't like stout. Really? I just Mm-mm. like because it has like a coffee taste. Yeah, I don't I can't do the stouts. I th- and I'm not gonna like drink a whole one, but like yeah. if Dan orders one, then like yeah, I'll have a drink of it or a few sips. And there was one I don't know. There was one drink where somebody it was like a Guinness and it had like some kind of Irish cream or something in there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they called it. Um at one There's of the an Irish car bomb. I don't know. But whatever. It, but that was pretty good. Moral of the story is, is I'm not a beer drinker. Give me really anything else except for a gimlet. Yeah, no gimlets. <laughs> no gimlets. No beer. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it like I'll give it like a five out of ten because it's not the worst beer I've ever had. Fair. And maybe it helps that it's on the rocks. Fair. Hmm. Okay. So the reason well, why we're doing <laughs> I tried it again just to see. No. <laughs> I die. Uh, okay. Anyway. We're doing Sorry. Beer on the Rocks because our last book is Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky. Did you Google that to make sure that's how it's pronounced? I sure did. Okay, good, because I didn't. <laughs> Y'all know I didn't come prepared. <laughs> so when I first heard about this book, I was really interested in it because his only other book is the perks of being a wallflower that's the thing written 20 years ago yeah 20 years later it comes out with this banger i know and it's like what she thick. been doing she's okay. thick i put that too she thick with three c's yes. and two q's yes because over over 700 pages yes 705 better be dedicated and to read this but it's very easy to read it is he's a uh, great writer you can see his inspirations you know a lot of Stephen King that, uh, that's literally what I put somewhere um, in my like oh in my thoughts that it definitely reminded me he even thanks King. him I think in the acknowledgement mm-hmm. and yes. Emma Watson apparently like gave him the the story idea oh no I didn't read that part or something I, did, like I saw that. where he thanked Stephen King or something like that yeah so um and finally, Emma Watson, who inspired the ending on the perks of being a wallflower set, and Stephen King, who inspired everything else. Oh, so she inspired the other ending. Okay. No, she inspired the ending to this while they were on the perks of being a wallflower well, so set. So he was writing this 20 years ago? No, the movie just came out, like, I, thought, I don't even know I how long ago. I thought the movie ago. came out, like, quite a while ago. Uh-uh. Well, not, not 20 years ago, that's for damn sure, but yeah. quite a while ago. He's been working on this book, I think, for 10 years. Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm getting at, is I didn't realize that he's been working on this particular book for quite some time. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Um, I'm looking at Perks of Being a Wallflower. Meanwhile. Oh, 2017. Oh, okay, so sooner than I thought. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay. But yeah. Nice. All right, well, good for him. I know. So, anyways, just very interesting stuff because that is a completely different genre. I was about to say, this is literally like a a 180. Yeah. He's very opposite end of the spectrum with this book as opposed to Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I don't think that book is very long either. It's, it's, I don't think it is. I mean, it's literally been like forever and a day since I've read it. I can't even tell you the ending probably, but, um, yeah. So, this book, it was very interesting. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, it reminded me of Stephen King, which I love. Um, And yeah, let's get into it. All right. So it starts out 50 years before 
So, quote, they can't get you if you're on the street. Um, We're seeing what's going on with David Olson. He's on a mission uh, to find the hissing lady. He's trying to figure out nightmares versus reality. And then he sees, like, a figure (laughs) in the shadows and then goes into the Mission Street woods. I really want to see this made into a movie because... Really, yeah. just like the whole entire depiction of that first paragraph. Yeah. I could just visualize it so easily based on the detail that was in there. Yeah. And so I feel like this could definitely be a really good movie. Like starting out, flashing back, Daniels yeah. and running down the street through the neighborhood on a mission. But then also hearing like the voices telling him to get off yeah. the street. And, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I feel like this was such an easily like visualized book yeah you could definitely like I can see everything mm-hmm. happening as he's describing it and some of it is gory as shit <laughs> like yeah because i would be reading sometimes and then being like oh there's literally so much blood around right now mm-hmm. like what's going so on so <laughs> kind of picturing like your worst nightmare like yeah it's it's dark you're running down the street in the middle of the night and there's all the scariest shit on both sides of the street. Yeah. Trying to get you, but they can't get you because you're on the street. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of visualization that the, the book is giving at this point. For sure. So then we go to today, part one. There's a mom and dad, or mom and dad, a mom <laughs> and son on the run. Um, we find out that the father of the son died at some point. We later... Which we later find out how. uh, Yeah. We later find out Mm -hmm. suicide is how it happens. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I wrote Jerry had taken everything else. So they're basically on the run from this abusive piece of shit named Jerry. Yeah. This is mom's like mm, boyfriend. Yeah. And so mom and Kate Reese and her son Christopher are on the run. Yes. Uh, there seem to be a lot of men that are in her past. They've moved a lot. Christopher's seven and a half, and he just wants to protect his mom. Literally, the relationship between him and his mom is the cutest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, they just want the best for each other. We find out that Christopher is dyslexic, and he has some struggles in school. And on his first day, he sees... Oh, so or, they, no, when, he, when they get there. Cause yeah, they, they relocated. get to Mission... No, Millgrove, Pennsylvania, which is middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So really they're trying to hide in the most like hole in the wall type of place to where they're not going to be found. Which I keep forgetting (laughs) that this story takes place in 2020. Like it's current Mm -hmm. because so many elements of it feel like an old school like. Yeah. I see what you mean. Kid haunting Mm -hmm. kind of thing, you know, especially when his he gets his little kid group together. Um, made me think of Stranger Things. Yeah, like the whole entire time I was exactly. reading this book in a little group, especially since one of the kids' name is Mike. I think. Yep. Yeah. It's Matt and Mike, of. the twins. Yeah. So he sees a face in the clouds, and he keeps seeing this face in the clouds as you know the days go on. But his mom's searching for a job, and then this is where we do the beer on the rocks thing because they're staying in a little motel. And, you know, she's had a hard day and they're trying to stick together. He's trying to cheer her her up. So he's like, let me make you a drink, mom. And she's like, what's this? He goes, a beer on the rocks. Which is hilarious because it's like (laughs) kids just pick up on everything. Yeah. So it's like, why not put beer on ice? Yeah. And they watch a lot of old movies together on Friday. They have their movie Friday. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's heard in one of those old movies, like something on the rocks. And so he just thinks that all alcohol goes on the rocks. He can't even sit on the rocks. (laughs) 
we keep hearing about this little girl named Emily Burdovich missing. She's on all the milk cartons, and it is a constant throughout. Which That's, is which is very old school to me because they don't put faces yeah. on milk cartons anymore. So even though it's like 2020. It's just interesting, like, some of these concepts are very dated. Yeah, and that's why I think I kept kind of I'm picturing something older, yeah. Like but I then said, they would talk about texting, and then I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I think, like I said, I'm picturing Stranger Things, which was supposed to be set yeah. back in, like, 80s or whatever, 70s. Uh, so, at the first day of school, he gets bullied pretty instantly by this kid named Brad Collins and then this little girl named Jenny. Um, I'm just saying, my kids ever come up to me and they're being bullied, I'm going to be like, who we need to fight? Right. Okay, I won't fight a little kid, but I'll certainly fight their mom. Bless you. (laughs) It went away. Okay. Uh, But he makes a new BFF in Eddie, who is called Special Ed, and kids are just fucking the worst, honestly. Like, especially in this time period, you Mm -hmm. know, like, kids should be, parents should be making their kids more aware of things like that. Just because a kid's dyslexic doesn't mean shit i mean you should just treat your or like teach your kids to be good people and not call people names in the first place like i remember growing up in like it wasn't ever me but i mean other people like other kids names like being made fun of yeah or like being rhymed with something stupid and so then that's what they went by and i'm like this is just dumb um but my mom also told me to to be a good person and that she would kick my ass if she ever found out that i was treating somebody poorly true and how many times is it that the kid that's doing the bullying gets the bullying themselves exactly uh so Mm, uh, we lost our spot chris and eddie they both have like extra reading lessons and extra math lessons with mrs henderson the librarian. The librarian. And um, a friend instant messages him while he's in the library. Because he's like on the computer. Yeah. On the library computers. And, and all of a sudden like, he gets a message and yeah. it's like, hey, Christopher. Or like yeah. calls him out by name or something like, like hey, that. hey, come to the woods. I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm the nice man in the clouds. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the cloud winks at him while it's happening. And then he's like, if you're real, make it rain. And it does. And it doesn't, like, <laughs> get on to him. So he's like, make okay, go into the woods we go. <laughs> uh, he also hears a kid giggling. And that, like, lures him into the woods even more. What if he needs help? Hell no. Fuck him. I know. Go get an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and he's seeing all these different landmarks and shit that, you know, come up later he gets to this clearing with this huge tree that's described as looking like a like arthritic hand coming up mm-hmm. out of the earth. And when he touches it, the tree feels like flesh. Gag. <laughs> and then it like basically goes black and he goes missing for six days. Yep. R.I.P. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just like out of nowhere, walks into the woods, vanishes for six days. Where is Christopher? Put yeah. Him on the milk carton. So there's a lot of recurring themes in this like elements i would say in this book blue moon the song blue moon being one of them like the actual blue moon (laughs) and then also the song blue moon pops up so many times um which is why i picked blue moon as the beer on the rocks maybe that's the kind of beer he poured his mom (laughs) it could be i thought it would be funny if it was but maybe he couldn't like name a specific beer yeah maybe i don't know how that works in books like copyright and trademark and shit sure anywho uh, so then we go to part two, dreams come true. We get introduced to Mary Catherine, who is a super good girl with lots and lots and lots of Catholic guilt. Look, 
I'm picturing Mary Catherine Gallagher. <laughs> For real. I know y'all can't see me, but I'm doing the move with my fingers up in the air. <laughs> it also made me think of Karen from My Favorite Murder because she always talks about Catholic guilt a lot. And yeah. like, <laughs> I just feel really bad for her, this whole book. Because Mary Catherine didn't do a damn thing wrong, but she, she just does the shit into the stick the whole entire I time. I know. Like, she gets so riddled she, with guilt about everything. Well, and she's got some strict-ass parents. Yeah. And, he, I mean, that's part of the, the guilt. And so, I mean, just classic. I mean, not even just Catholic, but, I mean, especially, think, extremist religion. Yeah. And, um, religious fanatics. And so... She just wasn't allowed to do shit. No. And so when we see her, she's coming home from her date and she just got her license, like had to fight tooth and nail to get her fucking license. Yeah. And you're not allowed to drive after midnight and it's like 1155 and she's like eight minutes from home. So she's going to be late. And she's literally like, God, if I'm going to hell for being late, let me hit a deer. And it's just like. That's so sad yeah. that that's what she, th- like, anytime she thinks about anything bad, she immediately has to pray and is like, well, if I'm going to hell, let me hit a deer just like and just end it well, now. And so you see this throughout the book, like, she kind of, like, barters with God yeah. throughout the book on, like, if this is going to happen, then just go ahead and make this happen. Right. Um. But, yeah, I did not obey my curfew for shit, Um. mainly because I knew that my mom would fall. Oh, I think my curfew was midnight. Yeah. But I knew that my mom would fall asleep before then, even though she said that she couldn't sleep unless I was home. <laughs> Her ass is laying there on the couch and she falls asleep. My curfew was just always later than everyone's because my mom was so chill. So I always ended up home before curfew anyway because well, no one else could stay out late. It wasn't like super strict. Like you got to be home at 11.59 on the yeah. dot. Like if I got home at 12.08, like not the end of the world. But right. I had to be home somewhere around midnight. And yeah. so... I remember literally, like, there was this one time I was like, I'm just going to, like, she's like, because she, it was like 1140-something. Are you on your way home? Yeah, I'll be home in a minute. And then I, like, did was not on my way In yeah. fact, I was not on my way home. Yeah. And, uh, and then sure enough, I just waited a little bit and she fell asleep. And then she, like, woke up around, like, 2.30 and she's blowing up my phone. Where the fuck are you at? <laughs> and yeah, and I I'm think like, when oh, I was, like, 16, 17, my curfew was probably 1 a.m. And then as soon as I turned 18, it was, done. like, I had no curfew. And my friends still had curfews, so I was just always home a lot earlier because of that. But uh, anywho, so she is having this fight with herself about whether or not to run the stop sign, and she decides to stop at it, even though it's going to make her late, and because she does, she sees Christopher. Walking out of the woods. Walking out of the woods. Has reappeared like a little magician. Yep. And so they, she takes him to the hospital, and they're questioning him. They're like, did anyone hurt you? Did anyone do anything? How'd you find your way? And he says that the nice man showed him the way. Yeah, but he has no recollection of anything that happened like, yeah. while he was in there. And so it's like he has amnesia. Yeah, can't remember anything. Uh, we get introduced to the sheriff, who is not from Mill Grove. And he starts investigating, and I wrote, needs love. (laughs) (laughs) And then back at the hospital, Christopher gets an old lady yelling about everyone dying on Christmas. He gets saved from her by Ambrose, who's an old grumpy war vet. Yeah, because she says, death is coming, death is here, we will die on Christmas Day. Yeah. She's, uh, we find out her name is Miss Kaiser. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and she has Alzheimer's. And her, she, her name is kind of important because we'll, it'll come back around later to, mm-hmm. to see the connections. Yep. There's so many. There's a lot of connections. <laughs> which obviously, it's a small town, so everybody's connected. But yeah. She's connected. This is like people. extra connected. Yeah, extra connected. So, yeah, we'll come back to it. So, Ambrose, a, a fellow resident, yes. rescues him. Yeah. So, he's at the hospital because he's slowly going blind. He'll be blind by Christmas. Is what the doctors are saying. Everything is by Christmas. And yeah. And he's like, ignore her. She is at the nursing home with me and she's fucking crazy. Come watch the tonight show with me. And now that <laughs> now I'm realizing that all of this stuff has to happen by Christmas because I remember the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And so it correlates with Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the reason we celebrate it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> shit together connecting some dots so many dots so many dots and i'm like i got the rest of like the allegory yeah but i didn't i just now connected that one as we're talking about it yeah and i will say when i read this book the first time i did not see any of it coming like i did not see it going the way it went no i did not either and i wasn't mad at it either no. twist and turns for sure it's not gonna like it's not gonna go the way you expected yeah it to go. Uh, so back at school and the M&Ms, Mike and Matt, they're these two twins. They befriend him. Uh, so it's now Christopher, Mike and Matt, and Eddie. I refuse to call him special ed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's why, like, because it's like, what, three or four or five people, four or five little boys. And so that's on, like, Stranger Things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I pictured special ed as, um, oh, what's his name? Shit. Dusty. Yes. Dustin. Dusty? Dustin. With the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin? I think. I think so. Yeah, Dustin. <laughs> we might be lying. <laughs> it's been a minute since I watched Stranger Things. Yeah, I know. I'm ready for the new uh, season, but I don't I think know. it comes out till like, next spring. Yeah, I know. Which is dumb. I know. They're going to be 35 by the time it finishes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so... Christopher, okay, so the teacher, Miss Lansko, she's like pop quiz, and they're like, shit. Because he has trouble with tests and math and stuff like that. And it's a math pop quiz. Don't we all, dude? So he ends up taking the test in 42 seconds, and he notices that on the word problems, the words aren't moving, yeah. which is how he describes his dyslexia. Yeah, and this is all post uh vanishing yeah so all of a sudden he's just now noticing that he has like super genius powers yeah they're not really powers but he's just not dyslexic anymore okay? yeah and he can read like really fast like i think he was struggling to read like you know some lower grade books mm-hmm. but now he reads treasure island because he has yeah because he has a bookshelf in his room mm-hmm. um or he yeah, ends he, up getting the he ends up get, yeah. well in a later okay later yeah in yeah, a yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> in a minute. but his mom his, him and his mom read more yes. story yes. and have been working on his reading for quite some time and he's just right. not picking up what she's putting down yeah so and so he's all excited because this is the first time he's ever gotten 100 percent on a test and his mom has been playing the lottery like every once in a while or whatever but Real, aren't she's, we all? yeah she's so excited about him doing well on this test obviously that she decides to use uh, the numbers for the test as her lottery ticket numbers. And they end up fucking winning. They win the lottery. They win the jackpot. Lucky duckies. Uh, also, I wrote the market price, LOL. Because he is, like, they end up going out to dinner with uh, Eddie's parents Eddie's and mom. stuff. Yeah, and she ends up paying for everybody. Yeah. Luckily. 
And then after they win the lottery, he's like, I'm only going to do market price because stuff at the supermarket is cheaper and I want to save her money. So I'm just, I got the lobster at market price and I was just laughing so hard because obviously that's always the most expensive thing. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) I'm going to go turn off my coffee pot because it's possessed and I think I need a new one. Okay. We'll pause for a second. And we're back. Okay, sorry about that. I have a haunted coffee pot. Sleep it. <laughs> so <laughs> they end up buying this perfect house. Uh, it creeps Kate out that the Mission Street Woods are right behind it. But the realtors, realtors like, don't worry. Mr. Collins is building a new housing development. Collins gonna, being Brady Collins, the bully's dad. Yes. They're like, it's going to shoot up your property value and it'll be gone by Christmas. By Christmas. By Christmas. <laughs> so all the friends, like of his friends' parents and everything, and the sheriff help the move. And he asks her out and she's like, just give me time. And he's like, I got you, girl. I'm coming back for sheriff you. Sheriff said, I haven't had a date around here in 25 years. And then this is when he gets the... So I know show. I saw this little tassel on your bookmark down here, oh. and I thought it was a fucking spider. Oh, like, no. <laughs> in between my legs. No, it's just a bookmark tassel. Okay, I had a mini panic attack. Bookmarks on the floor because I never used them. I just almost went into cardiac arrest. Because okay. I am a savage. Okay. <laughs> but this is where he buys the duck wallpaper bookshelf yeah that smells like baseball gloves from the antique store yeah an antique store nice little bookshelf and yeah. it's got duck wallpaper on the back for some reason mm-hmm. but he says yep this can go in my room because she basically gives him free reign to decorate his room yeah and that, that's the thing it's like mm, i would i definitely want to be the parent to give my kids free reign to decorate yeah. but also at the same time i have this internal struggle with wanting <laughs> it to be athletically pleasing yeah. athletically aesthetically <laughs> holy fucking shit <laughs> last episode I said I, I was trying to say meant. Roman numerals and I said <laughs> Roman noodles <laughs> I cannot speak I am so tired I knew what you meant it's fine okay moving along uh, he, he gets his new bookshelf yes and for all of his books that he can now read the smell of baseball gloves is another thing that recurs pretty often mm-hmm. and then we meet well I say we meet the nice man Via a plastic bag in the woods. <laughs> He's a fucking Walmart sack. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. So fucking funny to me. And Especially I'll... once you figure out what he is. Then you're like, why are you a plastic bag? Yeah, no, literally a, a plastic bag like stuck on a branch. Yeah. Like, like it's your Kroger sack or something. Are you something. a fucking Katy Perry song? Are you a Katy Perry fan? <laughs> Do you <have> <laughs> Um, I think Steve would probably put that in there just to be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, because literally it was just the most random ass thing. Like, you couldn't have been like a a rock or, yeah. I don't know, something else. You had to be a plastic bag. It's like so funny. Is it code for the fact that you're suffocating? Like, Maybe. I don't know. It's fucking hilarious. Though. Is there some symbolism <laughs> here? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> All right. Part three. Best friends forever. 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 Ever, ever. <laughs> starts out do you want to build a tree house do you want to build a tree house <laughs> he has to finish can you guess before christmas <laughs> before christmas because the nice man in the plastic bag yes is telling him the plastic bag is telling telling him that he has to finish this tree house you in the mission street woods where he vanished um and it has to be done by before christmas day before christmas and christopher is a little 
Leslie's a little architect in the making because even bef- like well before they won the lottery and stuff, he's he like, used to draw Legos. houses. I'll build a <laughs> <laughs> he used to uh, draw houses for his mom, mm-hmm. like the perfect house. And so he gets with his newfound intelligence. <laughs> Has got an architect level fucking tree house planned out, like with legit windows, a door, roof, the whole fucking thing. I need him to build me a house too. But For I need real. It, I need it to also come with a maid. I mean, it sounds pretty cute, the house they built. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I dig it. Uh, they scavenge supplies from the Collins, like, construction site. Yeah, because there's construction going on around the woods where they're going to put in like a subdivision or mini mall or something like that. And so there's a lot of like leftover scraps and boards and stuff like that. So they just be sneaking over there in the middle of the night and thieving. Mm -hmm. And then to get the windows, they because Ed's dad owns a hardware store too. So he gets like extra tools from him and then he steals some Playboys and photocopies and sells them to the older kids in the neighborhood. So they can buy the windows. Resourceful. <laughs> I said, you know what? That's pretty smart, Ed. Hey, he's going to be a good salesman one day. Uh, so as they're building, they're like fucking toiling away. Okay. They don't fear any pain or fear. And then the cloud They're working through all the elements. Them. Yeah. I'm picturing Zero and Stanley Yelnitz and Holes. Yeah. They're fucking putting in some I'm work. tired, Grandpa. Like, <laughs> that's too damn bad. That's just too damn bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, my little bit of coffee gave me enough light. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is giving me a little kick. Um, anyway, proceed. Sorry. So, Miss Kaiser, we find out who's the crazy lady. Crazy, crazy lady, lady at the, the hospital. Yeah, at the hospital. Now I can't talk crazy lady. <laughs> We're dyslexic. <laughs> Uh, she is Mrs. Collins' mom. And Mrs. Collins is a bitch, okay? She runs, quote unquote, runs. Mr. Collins basically gave it to her as like a project to get her out of the house and away from him. But Here, bitch, she, do something useful. Yeah, she's in charge of the nursing home. And she is just a bitch to everybody, a bitch to all the teenage volunteers, and just wants the best care for her mom. Yeah. That all she does is abuse people. Now. And the only jobs Christ- Christopher's mom could find was working for Mrs. Collins. Yeah. Um, as like a tech yeah, basically. or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We find that out. And Negative then bitch. Ambrose Terrible calls thing. out Mrs. Collins. <laughs> For being a bitch. We love then, Ambrose, the nice old man. Yes, this is when we the find other out nice that man. he'll be blind by Christmas. Um, also that his wife died two years ago and his brother died as a kid. R.I.P. But we don't find out to, who his brother is until later. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Kate ends up going on a date with the sheriff. Blue moon pops up there. Yeah. <laughs> This is a spoiler for any Marvel things, but I wrote R.I.P. Iron Man because they mentioned that um, the nice man tells him that he can be as strong as Iron Man or as smart as Iron Man, as strong as the Hulk and Thor and all this crap. Just lots of Avengers references because they're seven-year-old little boys. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, am I a seven year old little boy? Because I love. <laughs> am Marvel. I a seven year old? I'm as tall as a seven year old boy. My chest uh, <laughs> is as flat as a seven year old boy. No. <laughs> uh, they're continuing to work like they're possessed, and then 
So, oh, this is where they use the text messages like to um, coordinate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've overnight. got to finish the put some of the finishing touches on the um, treehouse that is going to require all of their strength together, and so they've got to kind of coordinate to you know with each other's moms and everything to yeah. say, oh, I'm staying. You know, like what you did in high school. Like, oh, I'm staying at so-and-so's house and so-and-so staying at my house yeah um but no they were going to be in the woods all night like, yes in the fucking snow too i know so they're like let's tell some ghost stories mm-hmm. and then eddie tells the ghost story of the olsen brothers which is um the older brother is babysitting but he's just making out with this his girlfriend the whole time and ignoring his little brother that wants him to like come up there with him because he's scared and he's like there's not anyone outside your door she's not going to get you etc etc go to bed and then he hears a baby crying and his girlfriend is like he's like your little brother's not lying there really is a baby out there or like something going on what he's saying is true you know you got to listen to him don't go out there it's a trap he goes out there the carriage is empty it's recorder in there and then they go upstairs and the little kid's gone so that all freaks them out (laughs) and then while the other kids are sleeping chris is like taking watch and he goes follows the nice man to the wood site and he hears the hissing lady there the security guard sleepwalks and he has clouds in his eyes and says some really creepy shit to chris um christopher sick or something yeah it's getting kind of weird and then christopher and matt end up wetting the bed and um, just some weird shit starts happening yeah on. so matt wakes up he's wet the bed and he goes to find christopher who's digging and he's like i'm digging for treasure come help me and so he starts digging uh-huh, with them really. and then they find a child skeleton Woof. um and then so all of that gets out they get sent to the police station the parents are all pissed because they figure out that they lied to them and they were in the woods all night and then Kate starts noticing that um, he's gotten smarter, and she starts getting worried because but he's also and he's also not sleeping very much. Either. Yeah, like he's like awake all the time, and she's starting just, to worry that he's taken after his dad's mental illness. Yeah, and then it even mentions that the sheriff seems like he's almost gotten smarter overnight. Yeah, everybody is slowly <clears throat> changing, um, and it's like if there's like a sickness or something kind of coming over the mm-hmm. city maybe it's covid maybe it's maybelline I don't know. <laughs> um so uh, we get glimpses of like the sheriff's past there was a little girl with the painted nails he hears hissing when he's out investigating in the woods finds out that the body is an eight-year-old boy from 50 years ago that was buried alive Christopher still isn't sleeping. His headaches are getting worse, but they go away when he's at the treehouse. He's sitting up watching his bad cat cartoon one morning and he talks to him through the TV and he's like, she's really angry with you. What are you like? Who's helping you, Christopher? All this creepy shit. Like, oh, you're just sitting there watching cartoons and all of a sudden the cartoon starts talking to you and coming through the TV. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. So at this point, Christopher's even questioning his own sanity and he's talking to the nice man. He's like, bro. Tell me what the fuck's going on. There's some shit happening. (laughs) And the nice man is just like, finish the house and I'll tell you everything. And he's like, not helpful, bro. But (laughs) we've got to finish this fucking house. And at this point, 
his friends are like, nah, bro, I'm backing out. And yeah. he's like, I've done all I can do. I need your help. And he basically like tries to strong arm them into doing it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his headaches are near constant. He's popping Excedrin all day. Okay, popping pills all day long. And then he threatens the nice man because he kind of goes silent for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my friends won't help. I need something to get them to help me you better do something or fuck you yeah and so the nice man makes a blizzard happen a snow day so yeah. everybody is out of school um let's see so the sheriff connects more dots figures out that david olsen is the kid who skeleton the, they yeah found. the skeleton they found we're getting like multiple kind of point of views yeah that keep changing from sheriff and christopher and I think his friends and stuff too, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mary Catherine. Yeah, a lot of the people in the town. There's a lot. Yeah, of we're POVs getting multiple point, point of views at this point. Yeah, and so a lot of back and forth. If that's if we're going back and forth, that's why. Yes, <laughs> and this is why, or why, when we find out that Ambrose is is David's brother, David's older brother. So the older brother who was macking, putting the mac on his girlfriend, mm-hmm. trying to get laid while his little brother's upstairs. Because he was 17 and David was like nine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, quite There's a bit a of big age difference, difference there. there. Yeah, and so he um, has been living with that guilt ever since. Mm-hmm. And the treehouse finally gets finished and it looks like a giant eye from above. Speaking of eyes, part four is seeing is believing. <laughs> Do you like that transition? I know. (laughs) So we go to the imaginary side. The nice man is there. He has scars, blue eyes, handsome face. And uh, Chris is starting to know little truths about everyone. So this is when he's in his omniscient era. Okay. He's he's looking at people and he's like, I know what's going on with you, babes. (laughs) In his cognizant era. Yeah. Ambrose starts to grieve more. There's lots of similarities that we're finding with David and Christopher. They're around the same age. They both like to read. They both were dyslexic. They both started getting smarter, started Mm -hmm. getting these headaches, stopped sleeping as much, were wetting the bed. Like, it's basically the same story 50 years Mm -hmm. later. The sheriff gets actual confirmation that it's David. The little girl gets mentioned again. Christopher and his friends are taking a state test and he finishes in like five minutes. Must be nice. Um, and then all his other friends do too. And the teacher's like, yeah, yeah, go to sleep. So also his teacher, Miss Lasco, she is drunk all the time. And once Christopher becomes like, you gotta like, be in order to handle kids sometimes. I mean, once yeah, like we get little hints of it throughout. It's like she's comes in like with her coffee thermos and you know looking a little bloodshot and mm-hmm. you know all that. But then once he starts seeing all these truths about everyone, he's like, oh, she's drunk right now and yeah. she she's an alcoholic has vodka in that thermos mm-hmm. and you know. Just all these little things. Um, so the, he has a creepy Y'all dream. Y'all see my mama with a coffee cup? She always got Kahlua in there with her coffee. <laughs> Just saying. Listen, when I made those espresso martinis with that Kahlua. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was During this dream, the hissing lady attacks the nice man. Chris ends up scratching his neck really badly. Um, and also burns Miss Lasco when he wakes up. And he's wet himself again. He's got a 102 degree fever and a brawl starts. 
So we learn Brady starts this fight between all the kids and stuff, and then it gets broken up. We learn about Brady being scared of the doghouse and Jenny being scared of her stepbrother. Mm-hmm. So these are all the kids at school. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of, again, getting the different point of views and kind of seeing, you know, what she mentioned earlier, where like, you know, bullies are usually bullies mm-hmm. for a reason. So why is Christopher, or why is, um, what's his face? Brad. Brad. Why is, why is he scared of the doghouse mm-hmm. or Brady? And, oh yeah, you know, why is he scared of the doghouse? Why is she? Why is Jenny scared of her older brother, her stepbrother? Yeah. Um. So it kind of gets more into that. Um. And so essentially, it's everybody's biggest fear. Yeah. Um. And so kind of like in the imaginary world with the because it ultimately and I'm pretty sure it mentions it early on or at some point the treehouse is kind of like a portal between mm-hmm. the real world and the imaginary world. Mm-hmm. And so in the imaginary world or in like his dreams where he's on the street, everybody's hell, I guess, is essentially mm-hmm. around. And so. Yeah, because there's like a couple that were cheating with each other in real life and they're forced to make out until their faces fall apart, basically. Yeah, and there's a murderer who's continuously stabbing his own self. Yeah. I mean, there's another it's, one like trapped in the log that he hid the body in. Yeah, like, these are all like little things on the side of the street and it's everybody's personal hell. Right. Um, and so it's just very odd. Yes. Uh, Chris, when he wakes up out of this dream, like I said, he's really hot. He starts touching people and they start itching mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and then, chicken pox. Yes. And then he passes out after this huge nosebleed. We also find out that he's the one that found his father's body. Yeah. And trigger warning, he did it in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how Christopher found him. Yeah. Woof. Um, so Kate finds a treehouse. Blue Moon plays again. <laughs> like on a phone call, she makes to the doctor. Blue Moon's on the wait line. Mm-hmm. Chris goes, ends up going back to the treehouse. And um, this is where he sees the man in the log, the man in the Girl Scout uniform. There's an old woman in the attic that plays Blue Moon. For her. She played it on the piano for her husband back in the day. And then this is, I think, the first mention of the mailbox people that have their lips sewn shut. Yeah. And lips and eyes sewn shut. That's and they're really, all holding a connected string. Really fucking scary. Yeah. It's so creepy. <laughs> like these zombies that literally have their eyes and lips sewn yeah, shut. Yeah. They just stand there. Yeah. They're all holding the same string standing there. The fuck? It's so creepy. <laughs> I would, that's what I'm saying. I would love to see this in a movie. I think it would be so cool. Yeah, I think so too. Um, we also see the hissing lady whispering to old lady Kaiser. And then Mary ends up finding him in the treehouse because she was the one that was babysitting him after he was sick. Mary and, <laughs> and she, uh, I wonder if he did that on purpose too. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, which I mean, I guess Mary Catherine is a very like Catholic name. Like yeah. it reminds me of all of the Catholic girls that went to my school because they all went, essentially there was a lot of them, like a group of them that went to a different middle school together. Yeah. But then I think that only went through middle school. So they had to come to our high school. And anyway, they all had like a hyphenated name, like, Mary Claire, Mary Catherine, whatever. Um, and so, yeah. Got to name him after the Virgin Mary. Or Maria. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she ends yeah. up finding him in the treehouse. Okay, then there's this whole section of things that are taking place all at 2.17 in the morning. 
multiple things at once. So try to stay with us. So Eddie goes into a trance. He makes a snowball arsenal and then takes his dad gun. And the voice that's telling him to do this sounds like his grandma. Brad has an itchy arm and he gets punished in the doghouse. So Mrs. Collins is not only a bitch at work, but also makes her kid go to the doghouse. Yes. Literally outside in the cold in the doghouse um, for however long the she sees fit. What a bitch. Jenny has a pervy stepbrother. Gross. That is molesting her. And she grabs a knife, hides it under her pillow. Good for her. Matt, who has a lazy eye, it gets healed and he wants to protect Chris. So he has like a stronger connection to Chris than I feel like anyone out of his little friends. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I think, kind of honed into something else going on with him more so than the other boys. Yeah. All these damn like um, wishes are getting granted like a damn genie in the bottle. Yeah. And like, then Matt. The lottery, <laughs> eyes fixed. <laughs> he can't, Matt can't, or Mike can't sleep so he goes downstairs starts watching the avengers and thor turns to him and he's like bruh hey you gotta protect chris from brad and jenny okay and then miss lasco is trying her damnedest to get drunk and just can't cannot slamming all the shots and is completely sober said at one point she's at the bar and it had like 17 drinks in front of her and she didn't feel drunk at all that's that's the thing is i don't want to get drunk i just really like the taste yeah and so i'd love to be able to have more than like three margaritas without dan having to carry me out you know yeah so whatever i blame that on your size that's true true. it's hard being little people uh mrs henderson remembers david so she is like in her 70s and her very first class had david olsen in it and she remembers him going missing and her connection with him and then mary Catherine is horny and she's like i can't touch myself because to think it is to do it and that's a sin and i'm gonna go to hell but she can't not give in to the itch. She so needs she to listen to sex with Dr. Jess. <laughs> we listen to that podcast. It's pretty good. Uh-uh. She's kind of funny. Um, so she ends up going to her boyfriend's house and not even actually giving him a blowjob. Okay. She just puts her mouth on it and then he finishes. And then, like, every time y'all, y'all can't see it, but I've got like my mouth on my microphone, just like, just, like holding it there. <laughs> That's literally all she does. And then he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go, because now his Catholic guilt is kicking in. Happens. And anyway, she goes home. She Sin escapes. Of the flesh. And yeah, and the deer are chasing her, and she escapes them at the treehouse. Imagine driving home at night and the deer are fucking chasing you. The deer in this are so creepy. Like every time I feel like I'm going to see a deer now, I'm going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> Coming after me. <laughs> Look, I didn't shoot your ass. I didn't shoot your friends. I didn't shoot baby. So the next morning. Chris has, like, this high-ass fever, but he's like, I have got to get to school. So he eats 30 Tylenol and then dunks his head in ice-cold water to drop his temperature. Good idea. And then I wrote something. I would have never done that shit to go to school. No, but, you know, he's... Um, He's governed by some other things yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm sitting, I'll be sitting there, you know, trying to, like, rub my hands together and like put it on my head or something like that to yeah. whatever I could do to, like, make myself warm. Because, I mean, maybe with a fever, my mom would have let me stay home, but nothing else. Mm-mm. I wasn't getting there. Right. So, 
he ends up going to school because he realizes that um, David is trying to leave him a note. He gets he gets the connection to Miss Henderson, and she's like, he's like, What's... did he get it from the bookshelf? I don't remember. I don't remember, but oh but, no, it was in a book. At, yeah, so in, it leads him library. to okay. the library, and the only she starts telling him a story about how she didn't put a book back in the library for the longest time because it was his favorite. Yeah, and she felt like if she put the book back, then he was never going to come home. And it was Frankenstein, so he gets the Frankenstein, and then he realizes the code, that the there's cipher. a code, and mm-hmm. it's basically like um the hissing lady thinks that she's reading. Don't trust her. Don't talk to Ambrose. She'll kill him. Um, the nice man's the only one that can help. Um, you gotta save him. Death is coming. Death is here. You'll die on Christmas Day. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> what I want to find when I write the book. <laughs> Not the kind of notes I'm hoping people are writing me. I want like a love letter. I know. Damn, and so David tells Chris too that he called him the soldier, but he knows him as the nice man. Yeah. Um, Ambrose, he visits his old house with Kate. Um, she's talking to Jill, who's, you know, her neighbor or whatever. And he ends up finding David's glove that he got him for the last Christmas they were together. Mm-hmm. And this hidden diary. Um, Chris. I'm glad you took all these notes. Because <laughs> I didn't even have the patience to reread this. <laughs> I just went on Cliff's notes and tried to I really and truly did not remember anything until I read it. Yeah. Nice. Or like just before reading yeah, it. Yeah, like I said, I completely forget about the Beer on the Rocks until you mentioned we were making Beer on the Rocks and explained it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's what I do, man. I take the notes. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's got to be uh, the detailed one and somebody's got to be the slacker exactly <laughs> i was gonna say somebody's gotta be the funny one but we're both pretty damn funny i think so so okay so chris he is undercover in the imaginary world he comes in to save the nice man um because she's torturing him down in He's the down in basement, basement. gotta save him blood everywhere torture devices everywhere yeah mm-hmm. um and then he when he comes back into the real world he lays out recovery items and some cookies like he's santa claus because it's his real imaginary friend. Um, so if your kid has an imaginary friend, tell him to cut that shit out. <laughs> For real, because this one does not turn out Tell great. him to drop that imaginary friend, because imaginary friends suck. Especially if they're trying to get you to build tree houses in the woods. Hell no. Adults don't need your help, is what my mom always told me. Adults don't need your help. Especially, yeah. like, if somebody's asking you to... Help them find a puppy yep. or something that's lost or whatever. Yep. Yeah, they don't need your help. Nope, they sure mm-hmm. shit don't. And so your imaginary friend should not be an adult. Exactly. The end. <laughs> okay, there's another concept that is repeated, and that is God is a murderer. Mm-hmm. The little voices keep telling people this. Uh, the girl with painted nails, we found out, was killed by neglect. It was a case that, like, haunts him. It, I think it's a case that got him to leave and want to come yeah, to the, Mill the Grove to be, like, a Yeah, has a more some PTSD over a previous case yeah. um, with the girl with painted nails. And so, obviously, he couldn't save her in time. So, now it's kind of, like, coming back to haunt him. Yeah. Like, as he's getting sick, um, yeah. he keeps seeing the girl and calling him daddy mm-hmm. and... That's who he sees in the treehouse, and yeah. he falls asleep until 2.17 a.m. Mm-hmm. 
That's another recurring thing. <laughs> so Brady gets out of the doghouse. Jenny thinks of stabbing her stepbrother. Good Eddie idea. asks for the gun safe combo because he needs ammo. Mrs. Henderson stabs her husband through the throat. Woof. And then Mary Catherine is pregnant. So Mrs. Henderson, the librarian, she has a husband. I and the, I think I it hinted. Mary Catherine being pregnant thing wasn't like until the end of us. That's when it pops up for the oh, first I time. Oh, that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think they hinted, because I was like speed reading. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they hinted that Miss Henderson's husband is gay and sleeps with men Mm -hmm. and she just wants her husband back and so her frustration has been building 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 she stabs him through the throat mary catherine ends up pregnant but she's never had sex with anyone we're getting a lot of religious allegory here yes Uh, and being which there's some of it we haven't mentioned yet but we'll get to towards the end but like mary mary catherine being the virgin mary um and being pregnant and then, of course, like everything happening on or has to happen before Christmas Day, because mm-hmm. obviously Christmas Day is the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the Virgin Mary was pregnant with him. And so we've got mm-hmm. Mary Catherine, Mary Catherine. Um, so that's where it kind of like all ties back into the Christmas Day scenario. Yeah. Which I never put together with the Christmas Day, but I did put together the religious allegory stuff in the beginning. But anyway, whatever. It took me a while to think about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just don't, and this may ruffle some feathers. I don't think Christmas is a very religious holiday. Um, but I did work 11 years in retail, so. <laughs> um, it's not religious anymore. Yeah. So Ambrose, he reads David's diary, starts to see his progression and he's fighting against time because he's getting more and more blind. Mm-hmm. The winter pageant happens, which is basically where the kids come to the nursing home to sing carols, um, to bring some cheer and joy and love to the old people. And everyone is sick with this flu. Everyone's got a fever. And then the kids just start beating the shit out of each other. Miss Kaiser all of a sudden is lucid. Okay. She's like, oh shit, I know what's going on now. (laughs) And Chris thinks he's dying. We all think you're dying, Chris. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not doing great. His fever's climbing. He's got nosebleed constantly. Like, he's not doing good at all. Mm-hmm. He hasn't slept at all. Poor kid. His liver's probably shutting down from all the fucking Tylenol he's been eating. Probably so. Um, so the whole town is sick and mad as hell, and no one is dying. The sheriff can't remember David Olson, but then, um, but that happened to, like, everything that's happening now happened before. And so it gets to the point where he's like writing notes to himself because that's another thing too. Yeah, he keeps falling asleep. Ambrose keeps falling asleep. Like the closer they get to the answers of what's going on, they can't stay awake. And so then they wake up and they forget about it. Right. And so then they've got to, and so that's where the sheriff is like writing it all down on his arm to to remember it whenever he wakes up. Yeah. So Chris ends up with Miss Kaiser's memories because he touched her and made her lucid. Um, We find out that her husband was abusive. And put Kathy, Miss Collins, Mrs. Collins made her outside in the cold Mm -hmm. and not even in a shelter. He would just throw her out in the cold. And there was even one time where he like sprayed her with water and then made Mm -hmm. her be out in the cold. Yeah, which is sad because it kind of goes back to the whole like, you know, obviously the cycle of abuse and Mm -hmm. how it repeats itself. And so 
you kind of feel bad for Mrs. Collins, even yeah. though she is a bitch. Like, obviously, you have common sense to know now that that was not a way to treat a child. Right. But that was the way she was raised and disciplined. Right. So now she's doing the same thing with Brady. And, and so she now, justifies it because at least he's in the doghouse. Yeah, at least he's in the doghouse, yeah. And so, of course, he's being a bully at school because mm-hmm. he's being bullied at home. Yep. I wrote, I wrote, I just had Alzheimer's for two days. Like, that's something he tells his mom because he takes on all of his Kaiser stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really funny. Like, that made me laugh out loud. Like, oh, it's fine. I'm fine, mom. I just no had deal. Alzheimer's for two days. Yeah. It's okay. Um, Mary Catherine is officially pregnant because she's just suspecting it when I mentioned it earlier. And then at the hospital, Christopher gets prescribed Aripiprazole, which is an antipsychotic. And he tells his mom about the hissing lady. Um, which at first she's just like, shit, this is happening again. Like he has the same disease as his dad. Right. But she realizes that the voice telling her that her son is crazy isn't her. Isn't her voice at all. It's like almost somebody, like almost her voice, but mm-hmm. not quite. It's, it's a little off. And so she dumps the pills and then they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Mary Catherine's losing her mind. She is speeding like crazy. She's driving 125 miles per hour. She almost hits a deer and swerves at the last minute and runs smack into Kate's car. Because mm-hmm. Kate and Chris are trying to get out of town. And yeah. Obviously, these external forces are preventing them from getting out of town. Yes. So now, part five, sleep. <laughs> Asleep. I promise we'll get through this, y'all. Yes, there's only a couple more after this. And it's oh, stuff starts happening really fast, Yeah, too, it's, about, so. it's about to get quicker. I know we're, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So Chris sees Bad Cat again. Um, it tells him that there's four ways in and three ways out of the imaginary world. The four ways are the treehouse, nightmares, coma, and death. And we'll find the three days, three ways out later. <laughs> um, the hissing lady pretends to be his mom to find the nice man in the hospital because he is in the hospital. He's in the ICU. He's in room 217. And they tell Kate that he is allegedly brain dead. Allegedly. David figured out that Mrs. Henderson was going to stab her husband. So part of his little omniscient. So he got really powerful really fast because he was David? actually like, yeah. Back in the day. Oh, back in the day. Oh, okay. He writes about it in his diary. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He was actually training with the nice man back in the day. So he got really powerful really fast, and he saw that she was going to stab her husband one day. Um, And then right when Ambrose is about to find out what the treehouse does, he goes blind. Um, the sheriff continues to not be able to stay awake. He ends up shooting Miss Henderson, who was in the jail, escaped, and shot all the other deputies. So now there's no cops. Well, we think he shoots Mrs. Henderson. She actually shoots him. The treehouse is locked because Chris is dying. Kate ends up finding Ambrose. He gets her to read the diary for him. And then we flash to Jerry's POV. And he is all upset about Kate leaving, and he's like, I'm going to go to this bar. He finds Mustang Sally, (laughs) and he's like, let's go gamble in West Virginia. And she's like, why the fuck would we go to West Virginia? He's like, I don't know. We just need to go gamble in West Virginia. So they go gamble in West Virginia, and he literally can't lose. He ends up winning like $41,000. And there's there's a, a couple of different papers that has Chris's picture in it. That would tell the, him exactly where they are, but he never actually looks at it. 
Because it, it's like the, the local newspaper or whatever yeah. because the boy like vanished obviously mm-hmm. and then reappeared. And so it, obviously it's all over the newspaper and he's just not even seeing yeah. the, what he's looking for. It's right there. So it's all these little close calls. And then finally at the end, he's about to leave and he sees these note cards on his car and it's from the balloon derby that they did earlier, which we didn't talk about. But it basically is like, if you find this, return it to this nursing home Yeah, so all of these like very close calls within this most random ass thing mm-hmm. is what like sets him off and like shows him where, or obviously shows him where Kate and Christopher are. Yeah. So he's on his way. Um, Chris and the nice man have to hide. He shows him the last time that he fought the hissing woman. Uh, turns out that the old man neighbor is the one that put the baby carriage out there. Like he recorded his granddaughter crying. And so he set up Ambrose Um, and then they have to kill the hissing lady. Um, and the treehouse turns you into God. All knowing, all seeing, all powerful. Yes. So it's really fucked up. Um, we go back to Eddie. He's like, I've, we've got, we got to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And it's Christmas Eve, and his family's like, absolutely not. We're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. We're going to Grandma's house. And he's like, cool, but we need to go to Chuck E. Cheese. They end up, like, blowing out a couple tires randomly, quote, unquote. (laughs) And the place they end up is right next to Chuck E. Cheese. So they go to Chuck E. Cheese, and there's a clown there that's doing these balloon animals. And then he is sad because... His wife left him, so he takes a gun out and shoots himself in the head in front of a bunch of children. Oh, my God. I forgot about this. And then he has a bag with 200 rounds of ammo in it that Eddie steals. He's like, hey, holla, hey. So he gets his ammo because in the gun safe, there wasn't any more ammo. There was just the drugs. And it just happens to be the ammo that he needs. Yeah. The particular gun. And it was the drugs, I think the wording was like the drugs that his dad pretends he doesn't use, just like his mom doesn't pretend like she doesn't drink all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really fucked up. And then Brady's grandma tells him that Eddie wants to kill him. Matt and Mike disabled the Collins equipment to save the treehouse. Kathy Collins drinks paint. She talks Gross. about wanting to erase Kathy Kaiser because that's the girl that was abused. That's the girl that mm. was called so ugly. Trying, yeah, she's drinking white paint because she wants to wipe this. Like, yeah, paint, like she puts all her makeup on. It's not like helping. So then she, yeah, she mm-hmm. drinks paint. Gross. <laughs> Chris learns to fly like Iron Man. He gets a knife from the nice man. Finds the hissing lady surrounded by deer and the mailbox people, and then he makes it to David's treehouse right as the sunset. And then there's another thing kind of like the 217 where it's time. Uh, everyone goes to the woods. No one still died. Catherine gets commit. Mary Catherine gets committed. Miss Henderson gets her bag and yarn and noodles ready. And then it turns out that she was the one that was writing to Chris on the computer and left the notes in the Frankenstein book. So it wasn't actually from David. At this point, we think she's possessed. Yeah. Everybody's kind of possessed. Um, let's see. All the okay, so when he is in this is when I was starting to think that it was like purgatory or hell because mm-hmm. all the people were like hurting themselves over and over. And the tree, so he goes to the place where he was for the six days, and the big tree in the clearing is actually the tree of life. 
A reference to the Garden of Eden. Yes. And there are hundreds of thousands of little tree houses that have been built over the years. Um, and David left a message on the duck bookcase that says, tell Ambrose it's a trap. Mm-hmm. So Chris goes into his tree house in the tree of knowledge in the imaginary world and he finds him in the bathroom with his dad quote unquote and then miss henderson jenny brady and miss lasco start stitching up the mouths of everybody scott hank gets hung from the tree the tree kate goes to see what was on the bookshelf and uh the other note is the hissing lady keeps the devil in hell woof so this is when it changes and you're like, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It was backwards this whole time. Yeah. The nice man is not really nice. Yeah. When I first read this, I was like, what the fuck do you mean the devil in hell? Yeah. <laughs> this is where I was like, this is not where I thought this was going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of questioning it. Questioning it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because... Of the fact that, you know, obviously I always say people are suspicious. Yeah. Um, and so just the fact that he was like so helpful but also so like ambiguous. Yeah. And secretive. like he would ask like obviously Christopher would ask him questions and he would be like really avoidant with the answer. Yeah. Or just give him like a very basic answer or something like that. And so I'm like, uh, like why is he being so vague? Yeah. So Chris starts to question the nice man who is changing. So this whole time, the nice man's been like very broken down, covered in scars, beaten. Like you feel bad for him. (laughs) Yeah. After the plastic bag. And then as like Chris pushes the hissing lady on the street and she's melting. Mm -hmm. And then as she's like getting smaller and kind of disappearing and the nice man's getting bigger and he's got this nice gray suit on and he's super handsome and charming and he's got a mouthful of baby teeth. Which is so gross. (laughs) Um, David helps him escape out of hell. And then Chris locks the door. So the imaginary world is not the imaginary world. It's actually hell. Hell. And then the devil tells his tale. So part six. The devil being the nice man. Yes. Chris wakes up and he gets caught with the sheriff because he like ends up running away and like hiding in the body bag. They take him down to the morgue. The mom, Kate, finds David's clue about the hissing lady keeping him in hell. Um, The boys are trying to defend the treehouse. Jerry shows up and she tricks him into taking her to see Chris because at this point the town is like full-blown batshit crazy. Crazy. And they're all... Everybody's after Christopher. Yeah, everybody's after Christopher and they're after Kate because they know that she's trying to save him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Sheriff and Ambrose, they pretend like they've finally like gone over to the dark side or whatever, but they end up getting Chris out, getting him to his mom. And Jerry starts like turning and getting all pissed off because he realizes she's with the sheriff. So she literally um, knocks him out of the back of the truck. <laughs> and then and I was reading that and I was like, good for her. Yeah. But oh, yeah. they're having a really hard time getting anywhere because of all the fucking deer. Because <laughs> all of the deer are also after Christopher. <laughs> yes. So not only the mailbox people in the imaginary world, but the real people in the real world. Yes. And the deer. The deer are working for the devil. Are like, fuck you. <laughs> and Mary Catherine is seeing all this, and so she ends up 
basically sacrificing herself to hit the deer to give them a chance to escape. Um, so yeah, Every, everyone that's trying Shit to help Chris has like is getting shot. Yeah, there's mayhem, chaos. It's crazy, chaotic. Chris shows his mom love, gives her all his power, and then he's like, "Peace out, I'm going back to hell to finish this." <laughs> Last part. Part seven. Uh, We know this has been a very lengthy, (laughs) like, very talkative episode, but you can't really use – I mean, you can't really, like – There's no shortening. No, there's no shortening. You can't use really general concepts because then you'll kind of miss out on a lot and you'll be confused, even more confused because the general concepts don't tell you all of these random-ass little details that it really is like a lot going on because if you don't have the details you won't understand exactly. really like the ending and the, the you know the whole entire general concept of the book exactly um so yeah it's a little lengthy thank you for bearing with us i know if you're still here we're almost done, almost done. <laughs> so the sheriff i'm like i'm hungry let's I, get it done i know the sheriff is like in um in his hell where he relives the situation with the girl with the painted nails ambrose sees that david actually buried himself to save everyone from the devil. Mm-hmm. Because if he couldn't use David, then he couldn't escape. Yeah. So, I mean, he was basically, David was the conduit. Yeah. So he chose to bury himself alive, which is just so sad, sad. and horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the mom wakes up in hell where she's still with Jerry and Chris returns all her letters. So it's like she's in the future, basically, because mm-hmm. Chris has grown and moved out and married and everything. But and he she's doesn't. she's writing to yeah, him, but he's ignoring her. Right. And, yeah. And so her she, own personal hell. Yeah, she where notices child does, where she doesn't have a relationship with her child. And she's, she's still with her abusive boyfriend. Yeah. She notices something weird about one of the letters and she decides to read them. And the one that she reads is like, Mom, read all the letters. And so it's basically him giving her a message like mm-hmm. what's actually going on. Um, so she ends up going to hell and attack her and the hissing lady start attacking the nice man. So now we're on the hissing ladies team. We hated her dumb bitch. Yes. Why is she so scary? Why is she coming after Christopher? But she was trying to warn him. Yes. And get him away from the nice man. Cause this whole time she's been yelling, like stop helping him. Yeah. And whispering and like but getting all these things into would, place. She was actually telling, she was actually telling Christopher to stop helping the nice man. Yes. We thought that she was telling the nice man to stop helping David. Right. And or Christopher. Fine. Everything that she was saying or doing or all the hissing was really the devil twisting it to make it all seem like yeah. she was evil mm-hmm. and he was good. But basically what we learn is like she's the equivalent, I guess, of Eve mm-hmm. in the Bible yeah. and went to hell to protect the people from the devil. Yep um let's see let's see let's see so they're distracting the nice man and the minions chris escapes in the tunnels he ends up finding his dad because he finds like the hive of all the mailbox people um and he cuts his dad's mouth open and his eyes and his dad apologizes for leaving him and everything and then he's like chris realizes that the string is just a string and they can put it down so basically he's helping everyone let go of all their guilt yeah all the mailbox for whatever people. like sent them to you, hell you, you are know. you know you are free yes so everyone starts freeing everyone everyone starts getting saved um the sheriff sees his glimpse of heaven where he actually saved the girl and freed himself. And then when he comes to and frees himself, the little girl that he frees is Emily from the milk cartons. And she lets him know what happened to her so she can give his family peace. 
or he can give her, her family, family peace. peace. Yeah. Um, Ambrose finally lets go. And then there's a big fight for the key back to the real world because the devil wants to escape. But David and Ambrose attack him and then they go to heaven together. So Ambrose finally lets go. Bye, so he can be with his brother. R.I.P. Chris realizes that his eyes have been sewn shut in his mouth as well. So he finally opens his eyes. He sees the devil's a coward. And what he really needs is just to lean into his love. And that's going to open the door, get him back to the real world and defeat the devil. And then once they, he gets, everyone gets back to the real world. They burn the treehouse down while the devil's inside, like watching, mm-hmm. realizing he can't escape because they're closing the portal. This is when we officially find out that the hissing lady is Eve. She gets to go to heaven because God's like, you've done enough. Mm -hmm. And then. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. The last little bit is the devil kind of going to everyone, whispering in their ear, and they're just brushing him off and not listening and healing and et cetera, et cetera. And then it ends with Mary Catherine, who is in the hospital for her injuries from hitting all those deer. And her family comes in and they're finally like on board. They're like, we're going to help you. Doug, her boyfriend is like, I don't care if it's not my kid. You know, we're going to take care of you because it's like, how is she still pregnant? And then the devil comes and whispers in her ear and tells her that she's having a son. The end. And then it ends. Woof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So if you've made it this far. Congratulations, we've all survived. Yes, and thank you. And my God. (laughs) It was a lot. And that's where, you know, overall, I really liked it. I did think it was a little long. Just like the first half was really, really quick and enticing. And then the last quarter was really quick and enticing. A lot happening. So, but that middle, like from the one half to the last three-fourths section was a little slow, a little bit of a lull. I felt like some of that could have been like obviously there was a lot of detail and a lot of things going on. Like right. so it kind of made for the story, I guess, but also at the same time I'm like, I feel like we could have got the same picture and the same story without some of that. I feel like the first time I read it, I was I gobbled it up. Like mm-hmm. I read it in a work week, so in my downtime and you know, three twelves. Yeah. But um the second time here was a little bit harder to read. I've I've been in a book hangover from Queen of Shadows and the Throne of Glass series, so that mm-hmm. didn't help. But I think I got hung up a little bit on some of the other details, mm-hmm. and it made it a little bit long. Mm-hmm. And also, the writing is really small. Yeah. <laughs> like, the print is really small, and it's a really long book. But oh, yeah, I didn't it's even realize how freaking worth small it was. It. How did I read this? <laughs> I know, I know. But it's so <laughs> worth it in on. the end. I don't know if the rereadability is that great, but I feel like I'm one of the few people that routinely rereads books anyway. Mm-hmm. So that not may not often. be a factor for a lot of people. But yeah. Um, overall, I think I'd rate it like an 8.5 out of 10. That's exactly what I gave it was like an 8.5 yeah. out of 10. Because there were definitely like a lot of aspects that I liked. And then I don't, I don't mind it whenever, I know some people don't like it, but whenever books like have religious allegory, like it's fine. And so, but I like also the way that some of the concepts were twisted. Yeah. I feel like normally it would, but I also watch and consume so many things Mm -hmm. like Supernatural, obviously. Um, I think, I don't know. It's just interesting to see people's interpretation of like Yeah, interpretation and and how they like kind of like twist it a little bit. And then, then also just obviously how it. Um, all the characters were 
or most of the characters were like representative of some biblical character right. in some way, shape, or form, but then with a, a little creepy twist. Yeah. Um, and so I really liked that. Yeah, like I said, it reminded me a lot of Stephen King. Yeah, I gave it an 8.5 and really just only because it could have been a little shorter. Yeah. And uh, it would have been just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good stuff. We made it through. End of spooky season, man. End of spooky season, guys. I'm a little sad about it. I am too. Um, maybe we should just plan out what we're going to read for next spooky season. Yeah. Spooky season all year round. I know. <laughs> um, be sure and uh, rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, all the things. All like of us, them. Follow us on Instagram at. Books Banter Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Books, booze, and banter. And send us an email. Booksbuncherpodcast at gmail.com. And um, if you'd like to get a jump start on next episode. Drum roll. Fourth wing. Fourth wing. I haven't read it yet. I need to reread it because I read it in two days. (laughs) And by two days, I mean probably nine hours total. And, um, you know, I remember stuff. But I don't remember details. <laughs> she's got she's got to take the detail notes so I can take the general notes. Yeah, listen, that book consumed my soul for the the nine hours. She literally and then for an entire had, week after. Had, yeah, she literally had quite the hangover afterward. Yeah, this Queen of Shadows has been something, but Fourth Wing really got me. It Look, got I, me good. I mean, there's a lot of hype around it, and so I'm really I have high expectations here. I was so nervous to read. We're gonna because have to, of the hype. We're gonna have to quit this podcast if I don't like it because then oh, you've no. lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not lying. And then it got to the point where when I suggested it to KD, I was nervous because I was like, "Wait, what if she doesn't like it as much as I did?" And then she was like, "What have you done to me? I yeah. can't only not." And think the, well, about that's the that. thing is, you were sending me messages about it, and then she was sending me messages about it, I and know. I'm like, I feel like FOMO over here because I, I was reading something else or I don't remember what I was doing but I was reading something else and working on something else and so I have not had the chance to read it and it's been sitting on my table all week well now's the perfect timing because well, I'm also at the end of another book so I kind of need to finish Iron that. Flame comes out in like 10 days yeah it comes out pretty soon so perfect timing anyway um you've got our booze review you've you got do. our book review you do and now you're gonna start reading fourth wing if you haven't already you sure shit are and <laughs> eventually we'll do iron flame and uh, indeed yeah well thanks for listening thanks guys bye bye